Young business leaders, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 134. Today, my guest is Vince Matthews. He's a father of three, a content creator, a husband, producer, and preacher, and has been a speaker and writer for over 13 years. He has three podcasts, Closing Rants, Direct Dialogue Podcasts, and What the Marriage Is This?, He loves to inspire and motivate others into their purpose. Young business leaders, Vince Matthews. Young business leaders, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm so excited to bring today's guest to you, Vince W. Matthews. Vince, if you can, say hello to the audience and tell them a little bit more about yourself. What up, good people? This is Vince W. Matthews, uh, father, husband, entrepreneur, uh, pastor, uh, just a black man living in America, trying to live for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vince, man, I'm 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 glad that you're here. I know that uh, you know you're you're keeping pretty busy with some of the things that that you're doing. Um, but I wanted to kind of circle up a little bit with you because uh, you know, as I kind of found out about you and started talking to you, um, you had a, you have a couple of podcasts which I'd love for you to talk about real quick, and, I, and then I want to kind of dive a little bit more into one of the podcasts that you did with your wife. I have a podcast called Direct Dialogue. It's more of an interview format kind of podcast where I just let people tell their story, and we just kind of dive into the highs and lows of their life, the transitions. Um, I've interviewed people from pastors to people who were on drugs who are now um, advocates for substance abuse and uh, people who witnessed domestic violence. I mean, from all walks of life. But that's my main one is direct dialogue. Um, My other podcast is Closet Rants, where I just really go in my closet. Literally, I'm recording in my closet (laughs) and I'm just talking about what's on my heart or hot topics or pop culture and uh i've got about six seven episodes of that my other podcast is what the marriage is this of course i do that with my wife uh, we'll make seven years time of this uh recording in august and so uh we have three girls uh, so y'all say a prayer for me on that <laughs> uh and so uh we just dive in and talk about the complexity of our relationship our experiences and highs and lows and just all the tea on our relationship and so uh, we've been on a hiatus for a little bit for that but we're trying to bring that back and kind of restructure that particular so those are my three podcasts that i have at this particular time oh man well i'm sure we're going to kind of weave in and out of a little bit of of all of those different podcasts and some of the different topics that you have but i kind of wanted to uh, dive a little bit into uh, the marriage podcast that you do with your wife because you know, this podcast is talking about uh, leadership and, and talking about, you know, being a, a young business leader and finding yourself on that entrepreneurial journey, that leadership journey, and kind of growing and developing your yourself as, as you kind of go through that. And I feel like marriage is a big part of that because you want to have success in, in, in the home just as much as you do uh, in your career. But I think a lot of times when people are uh, thinking about marriage, uh, they get a little they get a little turned around in it. And, it. and I think the goal becomes marriage as opposed to like what, 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 what our marriage can be. And, and once we are married, like, what does that look like? So I kind of feel like a little bit of having a podcast and, and talking about stuff with that kind of in a public mm. forum with your wife can be a blessing. Right. But yeah, sometimes it's, it's a little hard to find that balance too, because you're, you're kind of airing everything out there and you're, you're almost like kind of showing all your cards in, in your conversation. 
And a lot of people don't want to shine light on their marriage because I think everyone's just trying to figure it out a little bit. So um, talk a little bit about that. What kind of drove you to have those kinds of conversations and what are some of the things that you've learned by doing uh, the podcast with your wife? Well, I think, um, I think a lot of good podcasts, you know, to kind of start from just conversations and that's kind of what mm-hmm. happened with us. Uh, so any, and we only did like three episodes, I think. And, um, but those were conversations we kind of had and I'm just like, Oh, ho, 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 hold up. Let's talk about that. And I was like, let's do a podcast. She's like, yeah. uh, uh, no, she's like, no, <laughs> I was like, man, let's just talk and see. And, and, and it had a huge response. And, uh, I mean, like, hundreds of views and just within a matter of uh, days or so, whatever. And we were just, like I said, just having conversations. Like one, one we talked about the, you know, the interesting dialogue of, you know, we're having a, a 11 year age gap between us. That's always a, mm. a fun topic to talk about. Cause I might say something. I'm like, you don't remember that? I was like, Oh, you don't remember that cause you wasn't, born yet oh sorry about that she, you know, she was like ah, ha, ha. yeah right so uh just the dynamics yeah just the dynamics of our relationship and um you know just having three girls and um you know just people didn't like us getting together and people didn't agree with us being together and different things like that and so uh and at one time she was a stay-at-home mom and we talked about that and we talked about my insecurities and how it it's still not as much, but it still affects our relationship because sometimes the disagreements or arguments are something that we're, you know, having beef with each other about has nothing to do with her. It's just something that I'm dealing with internally. Some trauma I may have in my past that has nothing to do with her, but she's the person I see every single day. She's my, you know, my kids and her are, are my everydays. I see them every day. So, a lot of times we take those things for granted and we lash out on the ones that are close to us and the ones yeah. that we love. And so, yeah, man. So for, for trying to have a, uh, a podcast and just air all that out, it's, it's, I mean, some, some episodes we're like, whew, and I, I can't be, and we listen back to it. And we're like, man, I can't believe we were talking about that. It's like, yeah, but I learned just early on, man, in my marriage and just in my personal life, just before I was married that, uh, being transparent leads to healing. And if mm-hmm. you can just tell people what you're going through, there's probably 10 or thousands or hundreds of people who are dealing with the same thing. You're like, wow. So if you can help somebody by telling them your struggles and ups and downs, you're not only being a blessing to yourself, it's therapy to yourself, but you're helping other people. So we're just trying to help people. And, and actually that podcast got organic reach more than any other of my podcasts altogether probably. So yeah. You know, so we, we definitely have to bring it back. <laughs> I love that quote, being transparent leads to healing. I, I feel like that's such a counterintuitive thing. I, I, I've, we've talked a lot on this podcast about the importance of vulnerability and, you know, being willing to show mm, yeah. the weaker side, not in the sense to say that you're, you're not a strong leader or whatever else, but to humanize you and to kind of show yeah. that like you deal with the same struggles as other people. And I think that transparency that you had in those conversations, the reason that grew organically is because people were uh, kind of drawn to that in the sense that they're like, Hey, I'm not the only person that struggles with it. I can relate to that. This, this couple can empathize with some of the, the challenges that we have. And man, I hope that I can learn something from maybe some of the struggles that you've had so that I can mm-hmm. potentially make my marriage stronger. Yeah. 
Most definitely. And so, yeah, we, uh, like I said, we have to bring that back. And uh, I think we're going to make sure, like I said, we're in the transition and restructuring in that. And so uh, it, it was a blessing to see how many people were so impacted. Right? Even people who were not married, just because they maybe had a relationship with me or my wife, just to see, I wonder what, what Vince and his wife is talking about. I wonder if Vince yeah. and Shirley is talking about. And, uh, and like we were real and raw. Some, some of the episodes you hear our kids crying in the background. My wife yeah. had to leave. And, you know, it's just the empty chair there. She go deal with the child, come back. You know, it's like, this is real parenting. This is raw and uncut. Y'all are getting it, right? So, um, so yeah, it was real fun. So, uh, we, we have to bring that back, though. We look forward to uh, that process of bringing that back. Well, I, I kind of feel like we, I mean, we, we should have brought her on too. Like I, I didn't even think about that when we were talking about some of this stuff, but uh, I do have some, some kind of things I want to dive in a little bit just to get your, your thoughts, your rants, your, 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 uh, you know, your experience on this. Cause I think if you're willing to go kind of into some of this stuff, I think, it, I think it'll help us as, uh, as men, as husbands, as we kind of grow yeah. in, in our, in our marriages and in and, and our home leadership. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that, I, I, you, so you have three kids and, uh, I have two. Um, this is something that, you know, especially as the kids get a little bit older and they start getting kind of a, a life of their own. And I, I say that in the sense that like they have school, they have sports, they have mm-hmm. hobbies that they're doing. And, and you, you, you kind of go from like, it's you and your wife, you and Shirley. Uh, and then it kind of changes a little bit to where it's like, everything's about the kid. Uh, and, mm, and you, your focus yeah. changes from your relationship to basically like we want to provide the best life for this this child or these these children. And so you're, you you find yourself in this kind of servant role um, and, mm-hmm. and really marriage definitely goes down that path because I got to do all my selfish stuff when I was single. Then we got married mm-hmm. uh, they, and then said till death do us part. Uh, there was a part of me that died and that was my, my own selfish desires. Cause now it's all for like us mm-hmm. as a couple, us yeah. as a, as a, as a unit. And then you had the kids in there. So it just, it just continues to build and build. But I think sometimes you feel like roommates. You, you literally are just people passing each other in hallway or in, in the kitchen or, or whatever yeah. else and, and you yeah. kind of you know I don't know if you've struggled with this before but you know we kind of look at oh, each yeah. other and be like hey I remember you like mm-hmm. like we used to have a pretty good thing going here uh, and then yeah. that, that changed so you know what are some of the things that you guys would do in your marriage to keep your marriage top of mind and keep the emphasis on that relationship and, and obviously it's never perfect but uh, I'm curious to see kind of what, what what are some of the things that you would do uh, to, to kind of keep the relationship paramount above all of the other things. Yeah. Um, we make sure we have those I call the maintenance of marriage. Like you mm. would take your car, get the oil changed, make sure the tires are rotated. And not only that, if there's a problem, some like, if you take it to the um, shop, the mechanic will know, say, Hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. I think sometimes the maintenance of marriage is sometimes because when you're in something, you need outside eyes to kind of help you out as well. Like, y'all good, man? Are y'all yeah. good? Yeah, yeah, man, we're good. And, and although you know it, or sometimes you may not be recognizing. And so we have those hard conversations. Are we mm. good? Uh, are we good? And no, we're not good. This, this, this. Okay, okay. Let's let's have a talk, chair talk, table talk, <laughs> carpet yeah. talk, whatever kind of talk we need to have to make sure that we're good. Sometimes those those conversations are uncomfortable and and um, no tears or emotion 
is in there, but at least we have that conversation. A lot of times it's not easy, but we make sure that we do the maintenance of marriage. So I, I, I think the maintenance of marriage is, 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 is great. And I think the challenge that we run into sometimes with that is sometimes the, it, there's an issue behind the issue. So you may, may ask, are we good? Or, or they, you know, you may talk about something, but you might be talking about a symptom as opposed to like an underlying thing. Uh, and sometimes it's just, it, it takes time for you to kind of be able to read the person to identify like what is really the issue here? Because as we're having these conversations, I can tell there's tension. I can tell there's stress. I can tell that there's, you know, there's, there's something that's causing this response. And it's not because I didn't close my drawer properly or because I didn't put my toothbrush where it was supposed to go. It's because there was something else. So what are some of the things you do to start those conversations of like, Hey, I know we're not good, but all the things that we're kind of talking about that are not good right now are just a lot of things that you're just frustrated with me about. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, most definitely. Because this is the thing. Women bend and men break. Mm. So if it's something that's going on, men be like, hey, 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 no, you did this and said this. That, that. Now women will take that stuff and just put it in the back. Boom. Put mm. it in the back. Boom. Put it in the back room because women women are known to be the, the weaker vessel but they take so much on that they, they don't really say stuff but when it comes out they'll be like you remember on september the 23rd at 7 13 a.m when you woke up you, you were <laughs> late for work and you're like well hold up i don't even remember that because they don't say stuff right away they it's 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 they just put it in the files almost like they put it in the file cabinet mm -hmm. so you have to make sure that you are aware. I think a lot of times us as men, we don't have good awareness. You know, like when you're playing, when you're having a creative player like on Madden or, or yeah. NBA 2K, one of the things you have to make sure that you have is that your player has good awareness because they make him shoot good. They make him uh, dunk and all this, shoot threes and all this stuff like that. But if they are not aware of what's going on on the court, then they could be somewhere else playing defense or getting pressed and not aware of what's going on because their awareness is messed up. So I think one of the things is being aware because my wife would tell me that, uh, you know, that young lady that came over there, she was flirting with you. I was like, no, that's just, I know it's like, no, Vince, she was flirting with you. But sometimes <laughs> we're not aware. And right. so I think being aware a lot of times can diffuse things that won't get built up. It's just right. being aware and knowing the, the knowing the the buttons not to push and what to you know like if if my let's say for instance my wife had a dog when she was seven and that dog got ran over so if I'm telling dog jokes and she never got that and that was a traumatic experience that for me is a no no I shouldn't tell dog jokes now yeah. Yeah, I should say that for the group chat or say that to my friends or whatever like that so I think it's being aware my wife's love language is time yeah everything else it's time. I mean, everything else is cool and flowers and stuff like that, but she wants that time. Because mm. when you just, so if I go and do something and I'm supposed to be spending time with her or maybe we didn't plan that, but she just wants to see me and just kind of hang out, not even doing that, just kind of laying in bed, Netflix and chill and hang out, but I'm doing something else and I don't tell her and I'm late or whatever, out late or whatever, mm -hmm. doing production or something on a shoot or something, she's mad, she's upset. She's she's hurt because when I say yes to other things, I'm automatically saying no to her and the kids. 
Careful now. <laughs> that, that, ooh, I know, man. Dropping some truth. It, man, man, I, I'm telling you. And she didn't um, like exactly say that, but I was just like, whoa. When I'm saying yes to this stuff, I'm saying no to her and the kids. So that's with anything. So I think it's a matter of just setting boundaries and being able to have a safe space mm-hmm. and just be like, okay, you want to, you ask me this question, I'm going to tell you exactly, boom. And I said, if it's emotional for her and it hurts her feelings, boom, but at least she gets the answer. And same thing with me. So we'd be able to, okay, this is a safe space. Let's, let's talk. Let's, let's, okay. I didn't like it when you did, boom. But I love it when you do boom or whatever like that. We're trying to kind of leave with our love language. You know, my, mm-hmm. my love language is touch or whatever, you know. So, you know, shoots, touch me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> and so we try to cater to those those uh, love languages. So that way when we don't have, when we have to have those uncomfortable talks, it's not as uncomfortable. So we try to make each other comfortable enough to have the uncomfortable conversations absolutely absolutely there's a couple of things you touched on there i want to expand upon uh the first one is uh like uh when you said weaker vessel i think it's important for people to kind of um kind of translate that a little bit because sometimes uh yeah yeah the, the hairs will stand up on your arm and you're like whoa hold on oh, what yeah. are you saying yeah but um yeah, yeah, yeah. so i'm going to kind of allude to a book that i recently read by uh I can't I would say his name, Emerson Egrich, I think is his name. It's called Love and Respect. And when he talks about a weaker vessel, he doesn't talk about it in terms of like women are a, like a, a less strong kind of thing. It's a more precious right. thing. It's a more yes. valuable thing. And so that's like the connotation yes. that he kind of gives it. And that's when it started to click is like, okay, we're not, we're not, um, it's, it's possible to be the same, but different. And there's, there's different strengths that we have. We're both human beings, right? But we're created male and we're created female. And so there's inherent differences between the two. And I think you alluded to one, you know, some will bend, some, some will break. Uh, I think another thing to kind of take into consideration with kind of what you're talking about and what we're talking about in in this is uh, one of the things that he says in the book uh, is he talks about a woman's need to, uh, to be loved and when they don't feel love, they confront. And that's kind of their way of saying, hey, this is an issue, it's important to me, and I need to talk about it. And I need to talk about it, and yeah. by you spending the time, like you were saying, she's one of her love languages time, by you spending the time to go through that with her, expresses your love to her, even though it's an uncomfortable conversation. Now, the opposite side of that is as men, if somebody confronts us, right? If I, if I walk up to you, and I look you square in the eyes and say, hey, man, we got a problem. We're going to war. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to battle. Yep. And it's, it's almost like I'm invoking a fight from you. And so I think guys, and what Emerson talks about, is that guys try not to uh, have confrontation because they're going to do the honorable thing, which is to, to stand down. Like, hey, I, this is not worth it to me to go to battle with you, so I'm, I'm not going to confront this. I'm going to kind of push it away, which comes across as unloving to her because she's saying, I'm – I'm trying to, because I love you, I'm confronting you and what, what the guy's mm-hmm. doing essentially. So you, you kind of get in this, he calls it the crazy cycle and great, great book. And, and I hope to have him on the podcast at some point. But I think the important thing to kind of recognize with, with a lot of the things that we're talking about is, and, and if I were to have a key takeaway, it would be 
don't take the confrontation as going to war. Don't take the confrontation as there's a, there's like a major problem here. Uh, take it as she needs that quality time, just like you talked about. And even for you, it's, it's face to face time. It's, it's that listening time and, and spending and saying yes to her and saying no to everything else. So I think it's all interwoven into, into what you said, but I feel like Emerson really uh, communicates that well uh, and kind of compliments a lot of the things that you were saying. The other side of that too, is if, if your wife or your significant other, whoever is not confronting you, it's because they don't care anymore. They don't feel loved and they've given up. And so for, for me, that was a really encouraging thing because my my wife really loves me because <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. she confronts me an awful lot. Uh, and for me, at first, it was I was always kind of pushing that away and just saying, "Hey, if we're not fighting, things are good." But the dangerous thing yeah. is, is if she's not confronting you, she's checked out. And if she's checked out, yeah, that's what it opens the door for a whole whole lot of other stuff. So, uh, man, there was so much good stuff in there. I just wanted to kind of expand that just a little bit. It's important that we fight the right way. Mm -hmm. fighting the right way is like the key you fight with each other and against each other or you can fight with each other for each other and so i think just keeping that on you know at, at the forefront and saying okay we're gonna fight with each other and like you said that, that confrontation it's just like we're it's team and if i'm out there getting all the rebounds and i don't see you out there playing defense i'm be like hey look we're on the same team but you gotta pull your load <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta pull these. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm on fire right now, but that may be sometimes I miss, and I need you to crash these boys down. I need you to help out and play defense. Yeah. I don't need you just out there asking for the ball all the time. I need you to pull your load. You know, I love you, man, but let let's 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 win this championship. I need you to be at the best possible potential that I know you have. The only way to do it is I'm gonna check you, and I want you to do the same thing for me. Because a lot yeah, of times, absolutely. again, we say that we say that. But when our wife checked us, like, you know, it, 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 it hits our ego first. Like, hey, yep. hold up now. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Back up. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, man, just fighting the right way, like you said, man, that's, that's important. Yeah. And there's a, kind of a strategic reason that I want to talk about this is because I don't know if, I don't know if it's happening uh, in Texas, but there's this pandemic going on and there's all sorts yeah. of other, like I, it's an election year. So I, I feel like everything is just, just rising to the top. And so oh, there's, man. there's yeah. just so much stress and there's just so much, um, I'd say anxiety. I, I think it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's anxiety that's like manufactured a little bit but it's real and and we're having to deal with yeah. it whether it's what you know i never thought that wearing a mask would be considered a, a an encroachment on my freedoms i never thought that people would be talking about getting rid of uh the police force i never thought that people would be you know riding yeah. in the streets and tearing down stat and like it's just all these things are happening right yeah. and then we're in quarantine so we're isolated and now we're in our our homes which you know for some people it's a house some people it's an apartment some people it's a room and you got your whole family there. And so now you have all this stress and you're trying to navigate like just surviving in some capacity. Yep. And, and you still have a marriage there. And that foundation of that marriage is so important because kind of, that sets the tone for how you walk into the world after that. That sets the tone for, for how you're going to approach things. And you got three little girls that are watching what you're doing and how you're responding to stuff. And, and so that's one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this yeah. because I, I think that that, that family unit 
that 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 teamwork that comes from a husband and a wife, uh, especially through stressful times, allows you to persevere. Yeah. It allows you to endure. And uh, and I, I just kind of love to get your thoughts on how how you've been able to kind of navigate some of this stuff uh, that's been going on in, in in light of the recent events. Well, I mean, to be quite transparent, man, my job actually ended uh, around like like we were, I worked for the school. I worked for a, a basically a uh, contract through a school, and so the school basically what they do they come because down here where I'm at city of Beaumont, Texas. Beaumont, Texas is like, like uh, 80 miles east of Houston, kind of just give you a geographical uh, mm-hmm. location. And so down in Beaumont, the school district is really like, uh, it's really bad. Like they had a lot of people uh, fired because they were stealing funds. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people are lo- leaving the district, period, you know, and going to like other surrounding areas. So Beaumont has been having a a lot of schools closed down. So the company that I was with, they basically come and say, hey, give us X amount of years to try to help this school from being closed down and they, and they hire people through that. And so our, we went to spring break and didn't come back and we had to do everything from home until the school year was over with. And so the blessing about that, how God really just uh, came in is because we were done and our contract ended, but they're still paying us. Like to this day, they're still paying us. Hey. So, yeah, I, man, I'm telling you, man, and it's Listen. a lot, man, talking about praise break, man, I'm telling you. Mm. So, uh, it has allowed me to be more flexible and focus more on my family and, and, and on my uh, business and everything. But I'm basically like working from home slash stay at home dad. My kids yeah. go to daycare, but they'll soon be back home and I'll be basically teaching and, mm-hmm. and virtual school and all of those different things. And so with all of this going on, I think it's prepared me to be more intentional as a parent, more intentional as a spouse, more intentional as an entrepreneur, more intentional as a pastor, as a leader, just as a person more intentional about uh, standing up for social injustice, all of these different things that's going on, it's making me be more intentional about who I am and every role that I play. Father, mm-hmm. husband, uh, Christian, being an African-American man in Texas, in the South, all of these different things. I'm, I'm researching, I'm reading more. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just sitting on the sidelines, but I'm out there trying to help, trying to help the homeless, trying to help people in need. I, I I need this twenty dollars, but I'll give it to you because you need it for it. Let's let's see mm. if we can do some outreach or something like that. I had a relative of mine hit me up about how can we help the homeless, and I gave her a number about a call. I was like, hold up, I gave her a number for this, but I could be doing something as well, you know. Yeah. And so uh, it's just making me more intentional, staring in the face of all these things, kind of by just kind of being going through the motions of skating around about being a father and a husband. And oh, I am a pastor. No, you be you 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 be a pastor, but you make sure you're being pastored as well. You know, make sure that you're a priest of your home, make sure mm-hmm. you're laying foundations and all of these different things. Just to like I said, man, to just put it all in a good summary is being more intentional. And uh, you know, as the Bible said, being fruitful, you know, just being right. very fruitful. So when I leave here, 
uh, I want our kids to have a legacy, not just finances, but resources and say, oh, hey, you're, you're Vince W. Matthews' kids. Oh, we're going to take care of you because your, your, your dad did a lot for this community, this world. He had a global outreach and he was intentional. So that's, that's kind of just the whole gist of all this that's going on. And I want to get so absorbed in it because, you know, if we just continue to watch our news feed and watch the news, man, we'll get sucked into it and our faith will be uh, turned over by fear and all of this stuff like that. And you're sitting here mad about what's going on in the world. You're taking it out on your, your spouse and your kids and they have nothing to do with what you're mad about. So I'm just trying to be more intentional and, and really just seeking God and seeing what ways can I help uh, my family, uh, my strangers, just anybody. Uh, and so especially now, you know, the churches, our church went back to virtual and all it's just strictly yeah. virtual. So, so now all of these things, just being more intentional about everything that I do. Well, I love that. And I think that that community mindset, that intentionality that you're talking about is, is almost like the antidote, right? Like you, you yeah. think about all the stress, you think about all the challenges, you think about all the, the, um, I, I can't think of the word off the top of my head, but there's just so much going on, the unrest, you're thinking about all the unrest and you're just, you're sitting there on a couch or you're sitting there on a phone and you're, you're just kind of scrolling through it and you're like, Oh, you just start carrying this. But I think the, the kind of alternative side of that is like, if I'm out doing good in the world, if I'm out making a difference, if I'm out helping people, I'm not focused on those things. I'm not focused on the challenges that, that are just constantly coming at me. I'm actually being an agent of change in my community. I'm being an agent of yeah. change in my family. I'm yeah. leading by example instead of me just saying, well, you know, that's very unfortunate. And I, you know, I, I can't believe that that's going, you know, that, that that's happening. I'm, I'm trying to be a, an example as opposed to a commentator. Uh, I'm, I'm actively participating in what's going on, but I'm choosing how I want to participate. For me, it's helping the homeless. For me, it's volunteering. For me, it's, uh, you know, in, engaging with other people in different ways through uh, mentorship. It, however you choose that to be. And, you know, the beautiful thing about that too is this renewed of, of focus on the family, of having the time to just spend with your kids. Are you using the opportunities of that time to really invest in them or are you using that opportunities to get really good at whatever games on your phone? I think that sometimes people forget that just because your kids are, you know, in the room with you, that doesn't count as quality time. That doesn't count as you investing in them. It's, I've learned that they want to do what I do. And, and I struggle yep. with this sometimes because I want to just get things done, but I have to remind myself that I need to teach them. So like, if I'm putting yeah. something together, like if I'm building something, my kid's right there. And the, my initial reaction is frustration because <laughs> I'm like, I just want to get this yeah. done. I want to get yeah. this over with and I just want to, uh -huh. so I can relax. Yep. But my kid, he doesn't care how long it takes. He just, he just wants to help. He's like, dad, how can I help you? Like, what do you need? What can I do? And, and I'm like, well, first of all, stop asking me so many questions so I can just read these instructions and figure out what I'm doing <laughs> first. But as soon as, as soon as I'm ready yeah, for you, yeah. like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to have you there. But it's, it, I have to approach it as we're, pro we're solving the problem together and we're creating together. And, and it, it's more about the time. I want it to look good. Like when I work on a project on the house or I do something, I want it to look good. When I mow the yard, I want those stripes to be straight. Like I don't, I don't want them to be like all over the place. That's just kind of, that's kind of how I'm wired. But now it's like I've trained my kids. I'm like, here's how, to, here's how you mow the yard. And 
when they mow the yard, it doesn't look the same. And, you know, for me, that's how domesticated I am. I really like a good looking yard. But for them, it's just like they're helping me and they're doing something that I'm passionate about. And they enjoy uh, just doing that with me. And so like when we're out there working together, he may be, you know, on the other side and I'm trimming or something. And, and, but for him, he's doing something with his dad and that's a completely different mindset than, you know, just me just doing it myself because I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to, I'm going to do it exactly how I want it. That's, there's no fulfillment in that for me. And ultimately just a brief fulfillment, but I have to step back and just say, you know, how can I include them? How can I model for them in terms of what, what kind of uh, like how, how I show them how to do something is how they're going to show their kids how to do something, how I, you know, approach it with making a mistake and try to solve the problem. That's how they're going to do it because I'm the guy teaching them. And so there's a, there's been a really cool opportunity through all of this, this time to really invest in that next generation. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I think a lot of times we're busy and we want to stay busy, like you were alluding to uh, getting things done, but I don't want to just be busy. I want to make sure that I'm effective. And I think sometimes if we just continue to just trying to look busy or, or that we are busy, but are we being effective? Because if you're busy but not being effective, you're just spinning your wheels and you're doing a lot of work for nothing. So yeah. that's why I was kind of just bring, talking about being uh, intentional. So if I'm going to do some work, if I'm going to do this, uh, if I'm going to outreach, you know, I have to make sure I know my why and keep that in the forefront and be intentional and be effective in what I'm doing. Uh, my, my daughter had a birthday on last month. And there's a video that we recorded of us singing happy birthday to him. Mm-hmm. And I can't even watch the video because uh, for so long I was insecure and I struggled with finances and providing for my family and different things like this. So I looked at that video. I'm like, wow, to me, because I'm so hard on myself. My wife always says that, but I'm so hard on myself. She's like, I'm in my eyes. When I look at that video, I'm like, wow, I finally did something right. So I can't even get past the video. The video is like maybe like a minute long. We sing <laughs> We're singing happy birthday. My kids are clapping and singing happy birthday to her. She's just looking shy. And I'm like, wow, I finally did something. And uh, I just need to make sure that I, and, and being intentional, I have to be intentional giving myself credit of saying you did a good job and not mm-hmm. in a, you know, boastful way, but like you got, you got skills, man. You're, you're creative. You're talented. And it's, you know, by the grace of God, he gave you all of these different things that you can do. And so, you know, you give yourself a pat on the back and say, okay, you know, I did a good job. I want to get better, but I did a good job and I'm able to do this. So just being effective and not just busy. Yeah. Well, when we're in this journey of, of self-leadership and leading our family and leading other people, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. You have to give yourself credit and celebrate those milestones. Uh, I had Casey Edwards on the podcast, literally the, the episode before this, and, and she was talking about just um, on your journey, sometimes the moment that you're in is the moment that you've been striving for two years ago. So enjoy that moment. And I think wow, that, yeah. I think that when, when you look at that video, that video for you is a, a celebration of a moment that was a goal for you however many years ago. And so I think it's a better reminder to continue to watch that video, to continue to enjoy and be, like you said, intentional with the moments 
because your moments right now are successes that you've laid a foundation for two, three, four, five, ten years ago. Yeah. And if we rush through that, if we blow through uh, those moments because we're trying to get to the next thing and we're trying to achieve whatever the new goal is, you're going to miss out on what kind of the previous version of you had fought so hard to get. And for me, that just that that was like a wake up call of I'm living the good old days right now. I'm, I'm in the middle of it. Am I truly treasuring it? Am I truly grateful for the things that I have? I don't know that I could answer that question every single day because I'm so focused on surviving. I'm so focused on, you know, everything that's going on around me. And, and it, whether there's a pandemic or not, I can still have gratitude. I can still enjoy the moment. Thinking through all of that, I, I think it's really important to, to kind of take what you've learned, what you've experienced, and then now start kind of modeling that and downloading that, that onto your kids. You know, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you kind of specifically about that is, you know, kind of looking at that next generation and the kids that you have, what are some things that you're doing to kind of open their eyes a little bit to kind of show them what's possible? How, how are, how are you, you know, from a family standpoint, from a husband and father standpoint, how are you stretching them to uh, maybe see things that they, they couldn't see you? Sometimes you can only dream the things that you've seen. And so I think it's our job as fathers to show them what's possible. Yeah. I mean, like I noticed something like simple, but it's so, so important. Like I noticed that I was doing a lot of things for them. Yeah. Um, as far as like, like my, my daughter just turned, my oldest daughter just turned six and my middle child, she'll turn five in November and my youngest, she's, she's two. So my oldest daughter, my middle daughter this morning, I think, um, she was like trying to do something. So like, Dad, I can't do this. Uh, and then I actually just did it, did it for her. And I thought, I was like, hold up, what am I doing? She knows how to do this. And I noticed that my kids, they don't like to struggle. They're trying to do something. I don't know how to do it. I said, what's wrong? I can't do this. I was like, you, it's okay to ask for help. I'll help you, but I'm not going to do it for you. And I seen that I was doing what my parents did for me. Like I could literally knock on my parents' door right now with my kids, my wife, say hey man i i just want to i want to move in they would open the doors up and they would my dad would try to build a room if you don't have enough room like that's that's (laughs) just kind of the way that's just kind of the parents they are i mean it's lovely but sometimes i feel like we can love someone too much that we become enablers and we handicap them Mm. we don't allow them to do what they they are capable of doing and not allow them to reach their full potential because we're too busy babying them and and handicapping and so um, I try to make sure that I push the envelope and try to, you know, if you make a, if your name starts with the N and you're making a backwards end constantly, you know, let's make, forget the other letters. Let's focus on this N. Write me 20 Ns. Go. Yeah. Uh, upper, uppercase, lowercase. Let's go. No, daddy. No, no. You can cry. You're getting tears on your paper, but you're going to write these Ns. Come on. Let's go. And so uh, my wife says, you know, I'm a little too hard, but I think, because you know, I've, I've started to do things for them for so many years, I think I'm almost in my mind like playing catch up. So now I'm not like trying to crush their spirit, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, push, I'm pushing them to that next level. Cause like one of my daughters, she's flipping around a house and all this stuff and she wants to be a gymnast. I was mm-hmm. like, no, that's, that's great. I think you can do it. I was like, but 
I'm not going to have you out here flipping around and you can't write your name or you don't know your <laughs> letters and stuff like this. Or she sure can't flip, but she can't write her name. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Yeah. What we're going to do, what we're gonna do is flip these letters around. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just uh, for me, because my kids are young right now, but not too young to be doing things that they know they need to be, like cleaning your room and stuff like that. And so um, just really just pushing them to greatness with small stuff that seems small, but so important to give them that start right now. But you can do this. If you can go watch a YouTube video and learn the songs, the words to all these songs, and you can get in there and write your name. You can figure this thing out, figure this puzzle out without me uh, doing it for you. Man, I, I love that. You, you are uh, really kind of hitting on a thing that, that frustrates me because I'm sure your kids have friends <laughs> and as a parent, you're kind of yeah. seeing some, some of the, 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 the enabling parents that will the overly coddle and the challenges that that brings. And so you, you just kind of see it now. And um, for me, I, I'd look into the future, not intentionally. It's just like, Oh, like I know where this, I know how this kid's going to turn out if they keep doing this. Yeah. And it's just so frustrating. Cause I'm like, you provide structure to that kid. You, you encourage them and you challenge them. And sometimes it's you coming alongside them and saying, Hey, I'm going to write these letters with you. Like, let's just do this together. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know some people uh, that still do their kids homework and their kids are in like sixth, seventh and eighth grade and they're, they're helping out. And I'm just sitting there going, how is that kid going to be prepared for anything? You want your kid to get good grades, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if you're doing all the work for them, whose grades are those? Those are your grades. Like, yeah, they're yeah. showing up in class and doing that stuff, but you, you, you have to start pulling back. You have to allow that, allow them to, to fail. And in some cases you got to kick them out of the nest and see if they fly. Yeah. And if they don't fly, they yeah. hit the ground and you'll be there and you'll pick them up and have them do it again. Yep. But mm-hmm. man, that's, I think that's stuff that people need to hear is it's okay to allow your kids to fail. You can still be a good parent and provide them with everything that your childhood didn't have, but still create and challenges for them and and put them through adversity because when there's a stressful time, like there is right now, they're going to be able to overcome it and not be crushed by it. And we, I I don't want my kids to live with me until they're 40 years old. I'd kind of like them to, to, to launch at some point. Um, and I'm, I'm yeah. planting those seeds in their heads right now. I'm like, Hey, you're not going to live with me your whole life. You're, you're the funny conversation my kid had with me these days. Like, dad, when I grow up, I'm going to buy a Lamborghini and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to park it in your garage and that way we'll protect it. And I'm like, well, son, if you can afford to buy a Lamborghini, you're not living with me. <laughs> He's like, but right. it, it, it might get, it might get hailed on. And I was like, yeah, it might. So maybe if you, buy your own house and keep it in your own garage you can come over sometime and we'll check the weather if it's gonna hail i'll tell you to leave because i I don't want you here when you're when you have your own lamborghini because that means i'm gonna be at your house your house is gonna be nicer than mine i'm totally good with that but it's 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 kind of uh, encouraging them to go out and and get the things that that they desire and show them the path instead of me just giving it to them most definitely one of the things my dad learned that I know that I got from him is a strong worker. Man, that, that my dad, my dad will be almost seventy. He hit wow. seventy. He's in his seventies, and so like he's still out there trying to go out there like he's twenty. I'm like, pops, no, stop your lungs <laughs> and your 
hard and no, just chill out. We'll do it for you. But if, if he could go out there and build us a house for all of his kids, he would try to literally go out there and do it. Like to this day, he has no stop. He doesn't know what stop means. And that <laughs> gets, you know, his, you know, his body's like, okay, babe, you're, you're, this guy's had wrecks and all kind of stuff. And he's like a warrior. But, you know, with that work ethic, he doesn't know what stop means. Mm. He doesn't know what rest means. And so I think it's, it's just trying to find another thing as his parents is, you know, have a rest button, have a, have a pause button, have a recalibrate button. Because sometimes, you know, it's not the marriage or, or we're just frustrated. We're just tired. <laughs> That's yeah. what it is. We just need a nap. We're just yeah. tired. And so just, it's not, no, it's nothing at work. It's not the spouse. It's not the kids. It's just that we are tired and we don't want to hear anybody say anything. All we want to do is take a nap or go to sleep. And so I think it's just matter, just making sure that we are taking rest, letting our brain rest, letting our spirit rest, and not just overloading it with everything that's going on. Awesome. Well, Vince, I appreciate you taking the time to hop on here and, and talk with me and, and kind of share your heart with the audience. Give us a little bit of transparency into your marriage and, and, and how you raise your kids. I think all that stuff that we need to hear right now. I always give my guests an opportunity yeah. to speak directly to the audience, to, to talk to that next generation of husbands, fathers, uh, spouses, uh, business leaders, uh, the idea behind it is I want to give you an opportunity to speak to kind of that younger version of yourself, kind of uh, the person pre-kids just just got married and recognize, oh, man, now that I'm married, there's, there's something else that I need to do here and uh, and kind of speak into that person. So what would you say to that version of yourself? I would say don't ignore your gifts and talents and mm. make sure that you make sure that you find an environment that can be an incubator that can help grow and mature those gifts and talents. If it's singing, sing every day. If it's encouraging people, encourage every day. If it's motivating, whatever it is that your gifts and talents, don't let your gift get suffocated by a job. Mm. Let your gift become your career and you can monetize that thing and set your family up and set the, the next generation up by you just being you, just your personality. The world needs it. your gifts. The world needs it. your talents. The world needs it because if you do not prepare for the future, you will always live in the past. Mm. And so if we can just look toward the future while going through the present, we're already in the future while we're in the present because we're operating in our God-given talents and our gifts and help us not to let the, the struggles of life or anything that's going on in our life affect our purpose because you can even live you can either live prophetic or you can either live pathetic it's your choice <laughs> because <laughs> it's your choice and uh scripture says you know life and death is in the power of the tongue so yeah. i'll put it like this on the tip of your tongue is either your future or your funeral so you mm. choose Whew. shoot man i I think we just tapped into your closet rants a little bit there, man. That was awesome. <laughs> hey, man, I think I, I think I did look around and had to see if I was in my closet. <laughs> I love that, oh, man. man. 
Well, tell everybody, how do they connect with you? Obviously, so you have Closet Rants, you have Direct Dialogue Podcast, uh, and then uh, what the marriage is this. How do they connect with you? How do they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Vince W. Matthews on all those platforms. Most, I'm really more on Facebook than anything uh, at Vince W. Matthews. And you'll find Direct Dialogue and Closet Rants all of those links to my podcast on Facebook at Vince W. Matthews. Fantastic. Vince, thank you again. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast.